Welcome to our podcast, Big Tobacco Messed with the Wrong Moms. My name is Dorian Furman. I'm Meredith Berkman. We're the Wrong Moms. This is a podcast of Parents Against Vaping E-Cigarettes, or PAVE, which is a national grassroots advocacy and education organization created by moms to fight the youth vaping epidemic and the predatory behavior of big tobacco. And today we are thrilled to have as our guest, and we're using first names only, and you will see why later on, but we're thrilled to welcome Sarah, a pediatrician from New York, who is going to tell us a little bit about the health harms of e-cigarettes and then share her own story. So thank you, Sarah, for being here. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. And I thank you to just your organization because it's given me um, not only professional, but really great personal um, you know, support that I really needed and that, you know, I guess we'll talk about later. But as a pediatrician in New York, um, starting about, um, you know, as you know, year, five years ago, we started hearing about this new way to um, perhaps quit smoking or perhaps like a different way to um, smoke cigarettes without having the tar and some of the issues with smoking. And it first started kind of coming on the market and we started hearing about it. But as pediatricians, we kind of didn't know too much. But as time went on, um, we started learning more and more about it and learning that children were vaping and it was called electronic cigarettes or e-cigarettes. And it kind of took us by surprise being it looked like a, you know, a, just a, a, a device that you would plug into the computer. And a lot of parents didn't realize that their children were vaping. Sarah, of course, you're referring specifically here to the entrance onto the market of Juul, which was the game changer and um, a company that has been well documented um, in congressional testimony and in all kinds of medical journals, et cetera, um, that it was Juul's renovation of some pre-existing e-cigarette technology, right? It was creating, as you said, a tech sheet, stealth by design, social media marketed to young people and whether or not uh, Juul knew when they brought this product onto the market that it would be appealing to young people. It was very, very clear to them early on. And to this day, we know that kids are using this, millions and millions of kids. What was the moment for you personally as a pediatrician, before we get to you as a parent, that crystallized, what was your aha moment where you thought, wait a minute, this product, this is being used by kids? This may even be marketed to kids? You know, we're always a little behind the kids, right? So I think yep. the kids honestly started talking about it to me um, before I even started hearing about it as a pediatrician. It was kind of, I would say at least maybe a year or so before I kind of, we realized what an impact it was having. And to the point where we even had, I remember one of my receptionists coming up to me in the office saying, I think there's a person vaping in the waiting room and she's waiting to be seen. She was an older adolescent and she was vaping. And so that's when we kind of had to have a meeting and say, I don't think they should be vaping in the, in the waiting room. Oh my gosh, right. that is such a shocking and, and disgusting, tragic image that here's a young woman, a teenager, without, without shame, right? She just probably did you, what, what did she say when well, she in the came beginning, in that? I guess they didn't know anything was bad. You know, in the beginning, they thought it was just water vapor. I, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. I don't think we had, I mean, I guess, you know, as 
when you look back at it, you go, oh my gosh, how did that even happen, right? But no, I mean, now, back then, what we didn't know, we didn't know. And I think that, yeah, it was thought of as kind of the safer way, I guess. But honestly, um, it shouldn't be happening in, in a medical facility. People have said in the past, oh, it's it maybe the safer way. And that's what they would put, that's what Jewel put on their advertisements, you know, on the radio when your kids to school, you know, switch over, it's safer. But at the end of the day, no one knows if it's safer, but kids heard safe and then they thought it's okay. I mean, as a pediatrician, and I know even as a mom, adolescents ha don't have the full um, brain development that adults do. So your, your brain continually develops up until age actually 21 or even 23 or 25. So you have the part of your brain that kind of takes um, charge. Sometimes some of the decisions that adolescents make, and honestly, I, I, adolescent age group is like one of my favorite age groups. So I love newborns and adolescents and then toddlers follow like a close third. So I just <laughs> feel like that the adolescent age group, they are so able to think out of the box and they, their ideas are amazing because they're not in that conformed stage yet. And, but unfortunately, this leads to some bad decision-making. This was a generation who would not have been using tobacco products. They would not have smoked cigarettes. And, you know, but for the chic lifestyle promise of Juul, they would not be vaping. And then Juul came along and, and started the youth vaping epidemic and basically destroyed decades of work by pediatricians, by parents, by government, by, you know, everyone. Um, what I did notice personally in my practice was that, you know, some kids may try things and kind of tell me that, oh, you know, I've tried it or um, no, I'm never going to do that. So some of the things that we ask is, yeah, you know, are your friends, do your friends do that? Are your friends smoking? Are your friends vaping? Are your friends drinking? And, um, you know, what I did see was at, around that time, kids would tell me, oh, everyone is vaping everyone they would always say that they would say i don't vape you know and then you kind of like build on that but they would say everyone is vaping and you know it was just and and some kids that weren't even in high school yet these are kids in middle school and middle school is 11 to 13 and it's really scary that middle school students are were being exposed or still are being exposed to these things Brings us to the the second part of our conversation, and in some ways, the, the you know the more intimate part. You then had to have this conversation with one of your own children. So uh, I think we'd like to know when you discovered that and how you handled it, or how you are handling it. So yes, yeah, so that's I mean um, yes, yeah, so that's part of I think why I kind of changed not changed but you know, tried to reel in some of my messaging when I talk to the kids at work, because as I said before, we do learn a lot from our own children. So probably during my um, involvement with um, the American Academy of Pediatrics and just being a pediatrician and my own education about um, vaping and, and getting those, you know, um, those date, that data and the CDC and every, everybody had like slides and things like that. I started doing, you know, presentations to my own, you know, to the library, schools, PTAs. And um, I basically was giving um, things to look for, what to look for around your house to see if your child may be um, vaping themselves. And so I, um, 
started to find some of those in my own home. And, um, you know, my, uh, my, and so I did find out that my, um, you know, one of my kids had started um, vaping and it had, by the time I found out, it was already like probably about two or three years that it was going on. And, um, you know, it was, it, it was hard. It, it was hard as a parent to, and as a parent, as a, as a, you know, it was really just tough. It was probably one, a, a really tough moment um, because you kind of just feel like you failed as a parent. Um, I, I felt like I failed as a pediatrician. I, I felt, and you know, it's not about me, right? But that took a little bit of time to figure all that out. And, um, and, it, and it took me time to figure out that, you know, he was one of the many that got scooped up in, in the, you know, in, in the marketing of it all. And, you know, as we talk and we still continue to talk about it because he is, you know, unfortunately he's having a lot of trouble quitting and it's just so heartbreaking to see that. And it, and it happened right on, right as we all were watching. And, uh, you know, I, I think that's a tough thing as, as a parent. Um, so and- how did you, what did you notice? I mean, how, how did it kind of I mean, you were talking about this outside of your home and then you thought, well, wait a second, my kid is doing this. Like, how did that come out and and what happened with his, like what, how did it change him or or, I'm just, cause people, you know, people see different things. And I know a lot of our parents out there like really wanna know, um, you know, that they're not alone in missing this. You know, this, you know, teenagers are difficult anyway. You know, you add this on top of it and they're impossible, but it's, it's easy to miss. It really is. I mean, um, so this was pre COVID. So, uh, you know, during when they're in high school, they're, they change. Um, and you know, it's, it's, there were kind of like now looking back, you know, there were mood swings, there was kind of like differences in how he was maybe performing in school a little bit, but nothing, you know, nothing out of the super ordinary. It was like kind of a slow, I think thing, and I think what ha- what basically I think I, you know some little things here and there that I didn't realize meant that, and then um, basically it was you know um, one instance where I found like a lot of things in his bag. I had this in my own home, right? I'm doing this work for three years now, and I missed with one of my own children that that child was using, and so. I'm not a pediatrician, but I am an anti-vaping activist slash advocate, and I missed it. And I think it's really important for for parents listening whose kids are using or addicted to hear those stories because it it gets to the heart of the stealth by design, um, that the intentionality of the creation of products that we would miss. And so I think it's brave of you to share, but I think that's why I, if you would just sort of tell us what you said, what, what your son said, and then what happened. So basically when I did find out, he said, okay, oh mom, you know, I meant to, it's, it actually was a relief for him almost that I found out because, and then he said, I'm going to, I'm stopping, like, that's it. I'm stopping everything. Um, I don't want to do it anymore. And I think it was just hard for him to, 
like hide everything too. And just, you know, I, I think it helped him to come clean a little bit or to, to, to let me know about it. And we talked about it and um, yeah, he said he was going to quit. So, okay. So I said, okay, we're going to quit. I'm going to help you. I started looking for, you know, cessation or vaping cessation. Okay. And I found all these great resources that were kind of like more about, you know, you text, you, you text and quit, right? So, you know, hashtag quit vape, all these, all these resources came up. And so I signed up, I had him sign up, I would send him messages. We threw out everything that, you know, that he had, we tried to make sure that there's nothing, you know, left. He assured me that now I'm quitting, I'm done, everything's fine. Okay. And um, so, you know, I would kind of check in with him and say, okay, is everything okay? We're going to, you know, exercise, drink lots of water, try to <laughs> try to do, you know, like do a whole cleanse. And, you know, I'm just laughing because that doesn't work. You can't quit by just saying, okay, can you quit now? That's not how it works. And I didn't know that. And, you know, so, so that was a whole learning process for me too. That's, you can't, when I, and then, then I started realizing like when I, I'm doing the same thing to the kids in my office too, I'm saying, okay, well, you know, oh, okay, you vaped. Okay. So you just quit. You just have to quit. And no, that's, that doesn't work. They need help. They need a lot of help. They need a, a pack. They need medication. They need daily like reaffirmation assurance. And the other thing they need is not having all of their friends doing it while they're quitting. So that's the hard part. That's like, it's, it's impo it's hard for them to quit at this point because it's it's everywhere it's everywhere right i i the thing i i, I like most about what you said in the conversation with your son which i had the conversation with one of my kids was we're going to quit and when we talk to parents we say the most important thing is you say we're going to partner we're going to quit as you said you're not going to do this alone. It's, it's too hard. That doesn't mean that there aren't rules and there isn't punishment for other things in your life, but you don't punish children for an addiction because we're talking about an addiction. And that's why schools separately, you know, the whole issue of alternatives to suspension and changing the mindset. This is not out. And then the other thing that you said that, and I think you were referring to um, an excellent resource uh, from one of our partners. In fact, the sponsorship of our podcast, Truth Initiative, has This Is Quitting, which is the text chain. Um, and right, there's a parent track and there's a kid track and there, um, you know, it's an evidence-based program. But, you know, there are so few proven, that is proven, but there are so few proven, there's no FDA approved, you know, quitting cessation for vaping for minors. And then the other piece of that that you, it's very, very important, as you said, how do these kids quit when they go into the quote jewel room, the bathroom, and it's all around them. And, and you know, you're a, you're a doctor, I'm not, but m my understanding is the nicotine receptors in the developing brain are activated because the kids are addicted. That never goes away. So if you are struggling to quit and you are in school or you're in the outside the parking lot or wherever it is, and you, you know, it's all around you or at a party, then the, the temptation, it's, it's biological, right? It's gonna be so much easier to slip back in. So what has worked for your son? Um, what did you try with him? And you mentioned, did you then try some of those things, suggest them to patients as well? Yes. Yeah, so one of the issues that you just brought up is that there's no FDA approved cessation for under 18. So we did try. So some of the things that I tried prior to him turning 18 was, 
you know, just kind of really heavily, heavy counseling and, um, you know, trying to increase his activity and just avoiding those situations where he would, you know, be there. I started doing more, I mean, not so much punishment, but you can do urine tests for nicotine detection, uh, you know, and it's hard to do that with your own child, right? Um, and you know, then what end? Because... Right. To what end? Because at that point, you're supposedly helping them and you're you're working together. And, you know, so it's um, it's hard. I mean, I, I must say that, you know, when um, when this hit home for me and and my child was vaping, it was, you know, his his doctor put him on the nicotine patch and nicotine gum. And even though it's authorized only for over 18, from what I hear and from our own personal experiences, it's used what they call it. They call it off label because it's underage. It's really the only thing you you can't just quit cold turkey, as you said before. And then, you know, you also sometimes use antidepressants to stabilize the mood and to stabilize the brain chemistry. Yeah, so um, definitely. No, what I also wound up doing was taking him to an internist. Um, and so because this was a little bit out of my own, you know, wheelhouse he definitely started on the patch and then um he also did um the gum uh you know it's difficult he by this time um is away at school so when he's home you know when he was home we really um you know the summer last summer we were able to completely you know come come down we were actually we stopped we were off everything um we had done the patches, we had done, um, you know, medication, and we were in a really good spot. And then, you know, he went back to school. And I'm not there. Not that I not that it was me. But you know, I felt like, you know, he did get the support that he needed. And, 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 and the other thing is, unfortunately, that the kids don't like telling everybody and, you know, they don't want to kind of share that aspect that they have an addiction and it is something that you know is hard for them and that's something that that they don't want to share and so you know not not having all your friends kind of you know maybe some a few friends know knew that you know we were trying to quit but if all your friends aren't on board or there are some kids that are you know still kind of using um and and you know like it, it's it's everywhere it's you kind of slide back in and um once you start up again you know it's such a difficult it was such a it's it's a hard process to go through that the next time around it's even more difficult and um, yet you know they say when people quit smoking cigarettes it's the same thing you know i think they say that each you know the what is it the average is maybe they they try nine or ten times before they quit successfully so you know, kids' brains are developing there. This is when they're imprinting memories. So it's even harder now. That's why, you know, 95% of people begin smoking or vaping before the age of 21. And to your point, all your friends have to be on board. You know, you need that support, not just from your parents, not just from your doctors, but from your friends. This is not about failure of a child or the failure of a parent. It's about the predatory behavior of an industry. And what we now, all of us um, with Sarah and so many other remarkable volunteers we have at Parents Against Aping can do together to protect our kids, to make sure we protect younger kids from starting and to help the kids who need our help in stopping. So I just want to thank you so much. And I, I hope that people listening will go to parentsagainstvaping.org and join us.
Thank you, Sarah. Thank you. Do you have a teen or young adult at home that vapes? This is Quitting is a free and anonymous text message program designed to help young people quit vaping. Teens and young adults can text Ditch Vape to 88709 to sign up today. That's provided by Truth, the National Youth Tobacco Prevention Campaign from our partner and sponsor, uh, The Truth Initiative. It's the first of its kind program that helps young people feel motivated, inspired, and supported while quitting. More than 150,000 young people have enrolled since the program launched in January 2019. The messages include evidence-based tips and strategies to quit combined with real feedback from young people. Again, teens and young adults can enroll by texting Ditch Vape to 88709. Truth Initiative also offers free text messages for parents who are helping their children quit vaping. I myself enrolled in this program as well and would get different ideas and tips to help support my son. You can join the program by texting QUIT to 202-899-7550 or by visiting becomeanx.org to sign up. To learn more about Truth Initiative and its programs, visit truthinitiative.org.